10, 5, he's into the end zone, touchdown Arkansas State. Deflected into the hands of Feltz, Avery for three, hits, cover is safe, the Red Wolves have walked it off. Welcome to the Second to None Podcast, the A-State Podcast, presented by Simmons Bank. Now, here's a couple of guys who know the Red Wolves like no one else, Matt Stoltz and Brad Boba. Big week for A-State men's basketball, the announcement made this past Wednesday that Brian Hodgson is the new head coach of the Red Wolves. He's been an assistant for Nate Oates at Alabama the last several years, assistant at Buffalo before that. Of course, this year's Alabama team, the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament. And Coach Hodgson ranked as one of the top recruiters in the country. And it was cool reading the press release that came out last week, quotes from people like Nate Oates, as you would expect, Jay Billis, Greg Byrne, the Alabama athletic director, Jawan Howard, also quoted in there. And yeah. System president, Dr. Chuck Welch, actually talked about a conversation he had with Jawan Howard during the press conference on Monday. I think Dr. Welch pretty much probably only got into the role he got in just so Stuff like that would happen. So he'd be in the coaching searches and pe- cool people would call him. But yeah, he says Joan Howard called him and said, you got to hire this guy. And part of his reason was every time we've gone up against him for a recruit, he's ended up signing the guy. So sign him, get him out of my hair, basically. That's a pretty big compliment. Seth Greenberg from ESPN, also uh, one of the quotes in the press release that came out. And of course, the press conference was held on Monday a packed house there at the football facility inside the uh, team meeting room and just a great response from everybody as far as the fan base it was just a neat atmosphere for the announcement and jerry scott doing a great job and i know i know we don't compliment him very often around here but he he is very good at the press well yeah and with good reason that we don't compliment him very often (laughs) this just happens to be a rare exception where look it's the Kind of the the rule of 10,000 hours, you know, to become a professional at something. He's put on enough coaching press conferences, uh, especially from a football standpoint, that he got pretty good at it. And, yeah, this was a good one. I mean, uh, the speakers, but, I mean, when the star, when the main event got up there, uh, he was very good. And as they say, I don't think there's much doubt that Coach Hodgson won the press conference. Definitely won the press conference. He kind of won already because of the fact that he's already been recruiting and he's been recruiting – quite a bit as far as the current roster Mm -hmm. and that's what you got to do anymore guys like Caleb Fields Terrence Ford Isaiah Nelson had all put their names in the transfer portal and they have all taken their names out of the transfer portal now Terrence and Isaiah even making that announcement on Monday as we uh, record 10 o'clock and one at 11 so you know within inside two hours of the press conference starting they'd each announced they were running it back Another guy that's running it back is Jonesboro's own Avery Feltz, the mayor of Bono, what some people call this guy. Avery, in studio with us right now. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. First impression of Coach Hodgson. Tell me about that first conversation that you guys had. Yeah, so at first he called me. Uh, he was getting on the – or his plane was taking off to Louisville for the Sweet 16 and he just wanted to get in contact with me and told me that he wanted to have me here but it was kind of a rushed conversation obviously his plane's taken off he's about to get disconnected I'm sure but uh 
anyway, he wanted to contact me before that, and then he was like, I'll call you back later when I get an opportunity because, I mean, I'm sure his phone's getting blown up. He's trying to scout for the Sweet 16 and all this. Then he called me that night and basically pulled out this whole analytical deal of, like, I looked into you analytically, and they were like, we need to – it was basically saying that we need to keep you. And I was like, okay, that sounds good to me, you know. (laughs) (laughs) And – but he, he went through all the uh, all the analytics of it and it explained all that to me and I thought it was pretty cool he did all that that in depth. Basically, I told him I was like, "Look, I'm from here. I want to see this program be successful, so I'm going to be here as long as you want me to be here." So, and he was excited about that. The uh, conversation was actually, I mean, it was sort of kind of starting to wind down, and then our breaker box caught on fire, so I had to end the conversation. <laughs> yeah, he told the story. In the press conference, and you're talking, you know this is a very important conversation with your potential new head coach, and I'm sure there's a million things running through your mind at that moment. Do I get off the phone with him? Mm Mm-hmm. Because I, I don't want my house to burn down, but but at the same time, I'd really like to to play for this guy, right? Right. So that's what... He could probably tell I wasn't just fully invested in this conversation, because I'm hearing like this sparking coming from the closet in my living room, and I'm like... (laughs) what is going on? And then the power goes out. And I said, Hey, our power just went out. And he's like, well, do you live by yourself? And I was like, no, I'm at my parents' house for spring break. And he was like, oh, okay, no big deal. Power's out. You'll get it right back on. And so I was like, you know, I'll keep talking to him, but I'm walking over to the breaker box to check on it. And then my dad comes in there and he's like, the breaker box is on fire. And I'm like, oh gosh, the breaker box is on fire. And he's like, well, dude, go take care of that. You know, like call me back later. And I was like, all right, so then luckily the fire went out on its own. <laughs> Thank goodness. And then, you know, the Bono Fire Department, they showed up. and uh, Of course anyway, they did. Yeah. We didn't have uh, electricity for 24 hours, basically. But During so spring break. It was pretty fun. Yeah. Luckily, I will say this, my <laughs> sister was not there. She was on my fiancé's bachelorette trip. If she would have been there, it would have been bad because, you know, she got to get ready for like two hours and sit in front of her mirror with lights and everything. She, it would have been rough for her. All right. Well, <laughs> she'll be happy I good, said that. Good to know that uh, she didn't have that issue. Good to know that your house didn't burn down. <laughs> yep. And, and right. very good to know that you'll be back for a fifth year. So Fifth it, year junior. Fifth yeah. Year. I wanted to ask, because you mentioned, you already referenced that he called you and said he had already looked through the, the numbers and the analytics and looked at you guys. Now- I also have, I heard Caleb and and Terrence Ford also you know talking on the radio and he did the same thing to them but they said he told them you Avery Fels don't shoot enough did you is that the same thing he told you yes he did tell me that he told me that this year I shot about five threes per game and he said we're gonna hopefully get a, that up to eight threes per game he said we got to find a way to get this guy more shots so when he said that I was like. Sounds good. (laughs) I'm okay with that, Coach. (laughs) Never going to turn that down. Uh, You did take a big step forward this past year as far as your game. You started 27 of the 33 games and led the team in three-pointers made. And, you know, one thing that I don't think gets talked about enough, yes, your your three-point shot is there, but I know you take a lot of pride in your defense as well. How do you think you matured as a player – this past year and how do you see yourself getting better going into next season now yeah i mean you know it was a tough year as far as uh just injuries and games that we lost i mean we lost a lot of games this year and it's just honestly not 
anything you want to go through. And uh, there was only seven of us, I believe, scholarship guys that were healthy at one point during the year, most of the year, for conference yeah. play. And so, you know, I think those of us that were playing and those of us that are sticking, like sticking around, us four guys that have came out and said that, we had, I mean, because of what we went through this year, I feel like we're even tighter. And so going forward, I think that's important for us to uh, just have that bond and just to, to get to work. And I think it'll help our leadership as far as like Fields and myself being guys that are like mm, coming back. This is both of our fifth years to be here, which is crazy to think about. And then Fields last year to play, and then I have two. But I think both of us have to just try to try to lead these guys that haven't been here just because we've been through the conference. You know what I mean? What was it like? You played through your own stuff. One time you had a face full of stitches and you had a hurt knee or hip or whatever the case was. But what was it like from a player and a teammate and a friend or brother standpoint kind of watching all the stuff Fields played through as that season trudged along? Fields has always had the ankle deal. And then this year he had that fractured wrist, and he played through the fractured wrist. He didn't miss a single game with his fractured wrist. Even after he landed on it in the Coastal Carolina game, I believe it was, in the Sunbelt Tournament. And I was like, ooh. Because I was actually out of the game at that point. And I was like, "Mm, man, I don't know if he's going to be able to come back from that because he landed directly on it. But I think that shows a lot of leadership on his part Mm -hmm. and just grit and determination. And so I think going forward, just everybody has just a tremendous amount of respect for him, just trying to do the best he can, even though he's had he had a fractured wrist. Because like that has to be difficult to play with a fractured wrist. Like I cannot imagine that. Yeah, and you just saw the pain every time there was contact with that wrist throughout the season. He just kept playing through it. Mm-hmm. How much communication has there been through this process with? Terrence and Caleb and Isaiah obviously they're all back now but did you kind of leave those guys alone and let them figure things out for themselves or do you communicate with them through that process and and try to encourage them to come back I talked to Fields the most out of anybody mainly because I've been here five years with him and he's been my roommate every step of the way so I talked to him the most Honestly, I was kind of surprised when his name went in the portal because of how we were talking. And then I was like, okay, he's probably just entering that out of uncertainty. Just This is just me assuming. I text him and Terrence both whenever uh, Coach Hodgson got hired. It was announced. I said, had both of y'all talked to Coach? Then we just had conversations on you know them coming back. And I was pretty confident they were coming back. And so I had tons of people asking me, you know, is Fields and Terrence coming back? Fields and Terrence coming back? And I'm like, guys, I can't really like. That's their uh, information to, to put out there themselves. But deep down, I, I had a pretty good feeling of what was happening. and But I just didn't want to, you know, spread rumors that they were coming back. And so, but I'm happy to have them back. I will say that. You know, for those guys, they said, look, they put in there during the coaching change, you said the uncertainty, at least you've got your options open and can see what opportunities are out there. You kind of touched on it, but for you, it's different. You're playing in your hometown at your home school. You're, as you mentioned, you, you, bachelorette parties, and we'll talk more about that. So, I mean, your situation in terms of uh, looking as to whether even kind of stick your toe in the portal waters was different than those other guys. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, like that never crossed my mind to enter the portal. I talked to Coach Cruz, you know, one of the assistant coaches, whenever this all went down, and I was like, hey, you know, I know that the whoever the new coach is can come in and say you're not here anymore and so he was like Avery I honestly I don't think you have a whole lot to worry about so that kind of eased my mind and then uh 
you know, obviously when Coach Hodgson called me, it was just like a sense of relief that I don't have to worry about, you know, figuring something out. And so it never crossed my mind to enter the portal. I did want to ask this real quick. Your high school time at Westside and coming up and all the way through this, so best I can tell, this was your first coaching change you've had to, to go through. <laughs> so what what was it like now that you've come out on the other side? It was pretty crazy. Uh, you know, Coach Pilato, he he's the only – division one coach that gave me an opportunity so I'm really appreciative of that and I'm appreciative of like his time here and what he did for me I mean I, I have nothing bad to say about coach Bilotto and so it, it was difficult when we got the news I was like man I went over there to, to his house and talked to him talked to his kids and it's really tough on his kids at the age of 13 yeah and so I went over there and talked to them and I was like hey to the kids, I was almost like, you know, it's going to be all right, guys. And I gave them my phone number, and I was like, if y'all ever need anything, call me. Like, just if you need to talk, just call me. And so that was difficult. And then just moving forward after that, you know, you, you just you hear all types of rumors. If you're on Twitter, who's coming in as the next coach and all this stuff. So it's just kind of like a roller coaster ride of who who's coming in. And then when he when he got hired, it was like, okay, uh, is he going to call me or anything? And then, like, when am I going to get to meet him? All that type of stuff. So it's, it's it's been pretty crazy. As far as just team activities are concerned, and it was good to see so many people from not only last year's team players but support staff uh, there at the press conference as well. You wonder when there is a change like that, who's still going to be with me? And to know that you've got some guys coming back now, I'm sure – just that familiarity with the rest of the guys is going to help you going forward. Right. There's still a lot of uncertainty, even though we have those three other guys coming back. Like, everybody's just kind of figuring out, like, what am I going to do? And so, honestly, right now it's kind of hard to even speak on that because I don't know what everybody else is going to do. But for those guys coming back, it is nice to have them and know that I will have at least three guys here that I know very well. And, you know, it's got to be encouraging, too, to hear Coach Hodgson get up in the press conference and say, look, we're going to attack the transfer portal. We're going to try to go out there and get guys that complement the players that are already here. When you look around and look, we're getting ready for the final four now, you see teams like Florida Atlantic and San Diego State, older teams that were able to revamp their rosters and put together one of the best teams in the country mm -hmm. through the transfer portal. You know that with experience and with the right additions, you can turn this thing around really quick. Oh, yeah. I think after uh, FAU won the other day, I texted my family group chat, and I was like, mid-major madness, you know? Like, it's just like, this is crazy, you know? I've never really seen anything like this because you have San Diego State and FAU, both mid-major teams, playing in the Final Four. One of them's going to be in the national championship, yeah. which is just crazy to think about. And you get to watch Norshad in the Final Four. Oh, yeah. Norchad, I've watched all his games. My sister, uh, she made her a bracket, you know, and uh, she was like, I'm picking Norchad's team to win. Like, she doesn't watch any games at all, and so she's been just cheering him on the whole way. And Norchad's a really good dude. I mean, I mean, y'all know that. Mm -hmm. so. As far as you, the uh, bachelorette party was mentioned for your future wife. Mm -hmm. Now, when's the wedding? May 20th. And your bachelor party was actually this past weekend. Is that right? It was. It was. How'd that go? Well, we just... Uh, this is a podcast. I mean, you, you can kind of be open with us here. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> we went to Hot Springs, uh -huh. and uh, I'm a pretty uh, 
easygoing guy, I would say. So I was just kind of like, guys, let's just go play some golf, you know, hang out. But some of my buddies, they like to have a little fun. So that made it a little more interesting. My cousin is my best man. He's, he's Lane Campbell over there at Valley View. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you all know him. But uh, he planned it all out. We So we went down there on Friday. You know, they were going to play some blackjack at, at the casino, all that type of stuff. And then we were going to play golf on Saturday at uh, Hot Springs Village because I love to play golf. So that's what we did. And then we came back on Sunday morning. Let's see, Friday night, I think uh, a few guys kept us up till about 3.30 in the morning. So the Which old, golf course did you play? Played uh, Isabella. Yep. It's got 27 holes, but we played the Nina and the Pinta. So, And it was pretty wet. That's what I was afraid of. Yeah, because, I mean, obviously we know what it was like here, but it rained so much, you know, Friday down there that they get to cancel the last two races of the day at Oakland. So mm-hmm. that that takes a lot. Yeah, it was, it was a soaking wet golf course. So that made our round even longer, but it was a good time. I mean, outside of basketball, is that your sport, golf? <laughs> I would not say that I'm that good at golf, but I didn't start playing golf till I got out of high school. My dad always said, like, you, you playing ba- you're playing baseball, and uh, he thought that would affect my baseball swing, so he never let me play. Coach so Woodmeyer was the golf coach at Westside, <laughs> and he was always trying to get me to play golf because my dad is actually pretty good at golf. And so he was like, Coach Whitmire and my dad known each other their whole life. And he was like, David, we got to get Avery out here on the golf team. And my dad's just like, he's, he can't do it. Like, I'm not letting him do it. So it would have been fun to play in go- golf in high school because all my buddies did. And it would have just, I mean, we would have been terrible, but still would have been on the team. What'd you shoot? This weekend? Yeah. I shot an 84. Well, gosh, dang, dude. Shut up. That's, yeah. That, if you're that saying was, you're not that's, very good, that's good. good. That's about, that is good. But I'm saying, like, <laughs> like that's about, Best I can do right there. Oh, golly. (laughs) (laughs) You've got uh, two years of eligibility left. We talked about that, but uh, graduations. Have you already graduated now, or is that coming up? No, I won't graduate until next May. Okay. Because I started out in accounting, and then I switched over to engineering, and so it kind of put me a little bit behind. I remember that now. Okay. So graduate next May, and then you'll still have a year to play after that. Right. The plan is to get my master's in engineering. So that'll be difficult, but we'll do it. We talked about, you know, your situation being different in terms of the portal. But beyond that now, forget that. What's it like to do what you're getting to do at home at Arkansas State? I I think it's really cool. Um I look in the stands and I see like a lot of people that I know and I know it's it's kind of weird to think like you're looking in the stands while you're playing but like I'll come out and I'll be like hey I know like the majority of these people and so it's cool to see a lot of people from west side coming out to the games and supporting us it's nice to see them and I get text messages from them I'm coming to the game tonight and I'm like you know this is just pretty cool I mean that's all there is to really say about that as far as like seeing all those people and then it's cool to just play for where you're from i mean my grandpa my, on my mom's side was actually i think he was pretty decent friends with dickie nutt back in the day and so he's always been a supporter of arkansas state and so it's just it's cool to play here. here's random though this is i'm just going completely rando here what do you remember about tell me about that nea tournament game against austin reeves mm, yeah i remember that i was a freshman <laughs> he was a senior and I remember, like, I don't remember, like, the majority of the game because, I mean, that was a long time ago, but I do remember, like, the last 30 seconds. So I'll tell you about that. 
Well, I remember the fourth quarter he dropped 33 points, but uh, and didn't miss a single shot. But in the last 30 seconds, yeah. So we were up 13 in the in the fourth quarter, going into the fourth quarter. Well, it comes down. There's like 30 seconds left, and we they've tied it up. And I'm like, all right, we're taking the last shot. So I go in there, and I get fouled with like six seconds left, I think, something like that. And I hit the first free throw to put us up one. Missed the second one. He gets the rebound and goes full length of the floor, basically, and hits a double clutch three-pointer from the top of the key. And I'm just like, you know, I mean, it, at the time, I was like, man, this is this sucks right here. Like, <laughs> this is the worst way to lose a game. But looking back on it, I'm just like, you know, I mean, what do you do? I mean, the guy didn't miss a shot. And we weren't the only team he did it to. He did it to every single team. Turns out year. he was a pretty oh good gosh. player. Yeah. Yeah, he, that stretch right there, that that NEA tournament run he had, and then the the game he had the Hurricane Classic right before it, where he scored sixty or seventy. I mean, it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the stuff of legend around here. And by the way, the shot you hit at Brooklyn in the state tournament is too. It's not quite up there with uh, his performances. I will say that. I mean, the dude's about to make millions of dollars playing for the Lakers, which is just crazy. Well, it's uh, it's been fun to catch up with you, man. Always uh, good to see you. Glad. You're sticking around and uh, got two more years to watch you. Can't wait till next season. I appreciate it's a, it. It's got to seem like a long way away, or does it? It, it? it does seem like a long way away. I mean, I guess it seems like that every year, but it gets here pretty quick. <laughs> All right. It will be here pretty quick. Avery Felch joining us here on the Second to None podcast presented by Simmons Bank. We've got more to come right after this. Your first home is like this dream. The day you walk in, the sun seems to shine more brightly. The ceilings... They just seem taller. And you'll never fix that creaky floorboard because it sounds like comfort. What a hug would sound like if it made a sound. And that's when you realize you're home. Really, really home. Realize your dream with a home loan from Simmons Bank. Dreams realized. SimmonsBank.com. Member FDIC, equal housing lender, subject to credit approval. It was a busy past week in A-State Athletics. Despite it being spring break, there was still a lot of stuff going on. The baseball team was supposed to play five games this past week. They ended up playing their midweek contest on the road, falling at Mississippi State and Memphis on Tuesday and Wednesday. And then they were scheduled to play their first conference home series against James Madison. But the rain on Friday created some extremely poor field conditions on Saturday. We wanted to play two Saturday, didn't get either game in so the first two games of the series canceled against James Madison came down to just one game on Sunday and unfortunately the Red Wolves fall short in that one nine to four in 10 innings and I guess the biggest thing that stood out was the fact that six of the nine runs that James Madison ended up scoring were unearned yeah I mean there's a lot kind of every phase of the game can take its part of the blame i guess if that's what you want to say about sunday you put up eight zeros and got Mm -hmm. beat nine to four yeah so the two big innings again with misplays in there the errors the 600 runs which even that number could have been higher you know depending on the kind of how the ball that was scored a triple how that got scored could even change that number Uh, but two you know the offense 
kind of has its role in that too because I think it was something neighborhood of three for 13 with runners in scoring position, had the winning run at third base in the ninth, had a runner at third in the eighth. And so uh, there were a lot of opportunities left on the board from an offensive standpoint too. Yeah, stranded 14 runners in that game. And again, lose nine to four in ten innings. Now it, it also now there were bright spots. I mean, um, Tyler Carmack. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, an emerging. He was a star. I mean, the, the stuff he had coming out of that game. He at one point he throws a ninety-five mile an hour fastball and backs it up. Very next pitch with an eighty-three or eighty-two mile an hour slider. Yeah. I'm sitting by a guy as a color analyst, Andy Shatley, that played professional baseball, and he said, "I mean, he didn't say it, okay, because you're not supposed to." But he worded around it enough pretty early on to said the stuff he's got right now is the kind of stuff you have when you throw a no hitter. And early on in that game, you kind of wondered if that's where that was headed because he really was locked in. Yeah, Kyler with a quality start in a tough luck loss goes six innings, allows just one earned run. It was a big weekend for the A State bowling team. Mm-hmm. They went down to Rowlett, Texas, and took the Southland Bowling League title. A come-from-behind victory in their mega match with Sam Houston State. And with the win, they clinch a 15th straight trip to the NCAA tournament. Yeah, down, you know, best of seven, uh, Baker format, down three to one. No more room to lose any more games. And uh, came back to, to win the title, which I think, you know, Mark Taylor said is the last Southland bowling title. I think the maybe it goes to a different league next year. Uh, those teams do so either way it's a blast from the past arkansas state winning southland conference championships uh, (laughs) like it did back in the day in different sports and not that uh, the red wolves have had to sweat out many selection shows but they sure don't have to sweat this one out they know they're in the selection show happening wednesday at three there's actually a watch party in jonesboro the bowling team will be over at the social taking part in that so should be a, a fun day on wednesday as they figure out uh, what's coming up next. Meanwhile, the uh, tennis team dropping their match over the weekend to ULM. The track and field teams with a very strong start to the outdoor season. They were in Starkville at the Al Schmidt Bulldog Relays. And as we usually do, we just tell you who won individual events. We don't have time for everybody who plays just because it was such a great showing. Imar Palmasimo wins the hammer throw. Megan Noling ties for first in the high jump. How about this? The A-State women with seven of the top ten finishers in the women's 5,000. <laughs> Anna Hunter won the event. The A-State men with the top five finishers in the men's 5,000 meters Dawson Mayberry finishing first in that one. Jacob Pyatt wins the 1,500 meters. Colby Adals wins the 110-meter hurdles. Evangeline Harris wins the women's shot put. Jacob Tracy takes first in the men's shot put. And Bradley Jelmert takes the men's pole vault. Maybe Coach Patchell will ease up on practice a little bit now after that showing. He told us a couple of weeks ago just how tough the practices are between the indoor and yep. outdoor seasons. But a great start to the outdoor season. And do want to mention one more thing here. The men's golf team was in action this past week. They went down to Houston for the All-American Intercollegiate and Coach Hagen's team uh, with a good showing. They finished sixth out of 21 teams in yeah, that event. You picked up a couple of top 50 wins uh, in that. I mean, it was a good field. 
and uh, they played well. So, yeah, good week for those guys out on the golf course. We'll wrap things up when we come back here on the Second to None podcast presented by Simmons Bank right after this. When we play today, we win something bigger than ribbons or trophies. We win our tomorrows. Wherever we play, wherever we fight, wherever we overcome odds, we're winning our way. Simmons Bank is committed to supporting women athletes in the communities we serve and are proud to be an official sponsor of A-State Women's Athletics. Not just for a season, but for a winning future. Seasons are short, but fierce is forever. Simmons Bank, member FDIC. Spring football is back at work this week after the players were off last week for spring break. Getting closer and closer to that spring football game. Pack day coming up on April 15th. We talked a lot about that on last week's podcast. The baseball team with another busy week. They're on the road at UCA on Tuesday night, 6 o'clock, the first pitch for that one. And then they'll be in San Marcos coming up this weekend, Friday at 6, Saturday at 2.30, and Sunday at noon. Hopefully they can find a way to get back on track. Yeah, you know, one thing we didn't talk about when we were talking about the Sunday game was, you know, we also saw Tyler Jeans kind of in his new role, which is the same as his old role. Yeah, Tommy Raffo wanted to make that move to where when you have an opportunity to take a game, you've got Tyler there at the back end. And, you know, the, the, the injury to Kevin Wiseman is a big factor in that. Other guys who've had trouble sometimes coming in throwing strikes. Look, you know, Tyler Jeans earned the right to be the Friday night starter. But when you're the Friday night starter, you get a chance to impact one game a week. Yeah. And so the other two or three or even four, you're not really going to have a voice in. You know, Coach Raffo, Coach Dunn deciding that, Tyler Jeans is reliable enough and good enough that doing this maybe gives him a chance to help him impact more games and to help this team win more games. And by the way, congratulations to Coach Raffo yep. as well. He had a big event on Saturday, and it worked out, I guess, that the team <laughs> didn't play a couple of games. But Coach Raffo was in Starkville for the induction ceremony. He was one of three former Mississippi State players to go into the Ron Polk Ring of Honors. So, Big deal that uh, he was inducted into that. The track and field teams uh, with a couple of different events this weekend. The Wash U Distance Carnival in St. Louis. You don't see too many of events. <laughs> called a carnival. Called a carnival, but <laughs> it's a distance carnival. Uh, you run your race and then you stop off and someone guesses your height and weight. <laughs> That's uh, coming up in St. Louis. And then the Blazer Invite in Birmingham is coming up this weekend as well. The tennis teams with a couple of matches on the road. They'll be at Old Dominion Saturday, at James Madison on Sunday, and the women's golf team also in action coming up Monday and Tuesday of next week as they'll be in Fresno, California at the Fresno State Classic. Anything we need to discuss yeah, before man, we wrap that, things up here? There's, Boy, there's stuff I really want to, and, and I know – discretion is the better part of valor i just say it was uh i I was very happy to see uh in coach hodgson's presser and kind of the graphics went along with that kind of with his keywords that were his choice he picked those words and it did my heart good to see loyalty be one of those words because i've had that word on my heart a lot as it pertains to arkansas state and uh so it was right on time to hear that's sort of a pillar of his program I, i just don't get it 
and I know it's different now, right? Kids can pretty much go to high school wherever they want with school choice, and it may even be more so the case coming up. But back in our day, you went to school where you lived, and you didn't have any say-so in that matter. Yet people have undying loyalty to their high school. And, heck, I love mine too. I didn't have any choice about going there. I didn't have a choice. So I loved the place, but I couldn't go anywhere else. Anyway, you better love it. I could have gone anywhere I want to to college, and I chose Arkansas State. So why would I not then have the same loyalty for it that I have for Green County Tech, my high school monitor, that I had no say-so in attending? Mm-hmm. I chose Arkansas State. I'd be a fool not to be loyal to Arkansas State because if I wasn't going to be, why didn't I go somewhere else? It's a very valid point. And I don't know why it's not more understandable than it appears to be. <laughs> I guess I'll stop there. It's a good place to stop. <laughs> Before we get too far. That's a that's a path we can go way down if you we uh, if we wanted to. Hey, thanks uh, to Avery Feltz coming in and joining us. Such a great guy. Such a great week for A State basketball. Look forward to getting to know Coach Hodgson more and more. And uh, appreciate Mark Taylor for setting up uh, the interview for us today as well. For Brad, I'm Matt. Have a great week, everybody.